please press 1 if you would like to stay on this call and complete a brief survey of your experience. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? Everybody wants your feedback. I go see my doctor for 15 minutes. Rate us on Yelp. Who is rating your experience with the Lord day in and day out? Ultimately, only you can do that. And you need feedback, don't you? Just like most of us at some point this morning looked in the mirror to check hair, tie, whatever. We need feedback on the most precious thing in our existence, our relationship with the Lord Jesus. I found in my pastoral experience that it's safe to predict that in, in a audience this size, there's a wide continuum of where you are in your experience of joyfully knowing and savoring the Lord Jesus. Some of you are complacent. The default mode of your heart is everything's just fine. And you're not aggressively pursuing that relationship. Others of you are discouraged, despondent. You believe, I'm really never going to change. And you've sort of given up. And those are two, and then you've got everything in between, right? Those are two very sad places to live when you think about how much Jesus loves you. He craves fellowship with you. He wants you to experience intimacy with him. He wants to change you. And the reality is, we all need to be changed more than we know. Personally, I have more pride than I realize, and I have less humility than I know. There's a lot of work left to be done. I love the way the Apostle Peter concludes his second epistle with these simple words. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make that a theme verse for you, your kids, your parents, your friends. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We grow until we die. Then we don't need to grow. But believers and followers of Jesus are serious about personal, ongoing transformation. We never arrive. But beloved, do you see? You can't grow without feedback. How will you get it this year? Well, do the same thing these organizations are doing that they're asking for ratings. Ask questions. I can think of two valuable sources for you to access to get feedback on ways you need continual growth. One, you could ask people who know you well. Please, Mike, you didn't just say that. <laughs> or secondly, you could develop a more intimate relationship with the Word of God. 
I'll spare you this morning and talk about the latter only, briefly. Your relationship with the Word of God, the book that knows you better than you know yourself. See, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, you are God's special project. He's rescued you, claimed you, possessed you as his own possession. The Father is giving you to his Son to enjoy now and forever. You're his special project. That's why Jesus, in John 17, what we call the high priestly prayer, he prayed, among other things, this for his disciples and for you. He said, Father sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Right now, the Lord Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of God, who rules and reigns as king of the universe, is praying for you, among other things. Father, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Sanctify them, make them more like us. Cause them to see more and more the heinousness of sin, the beauty of righteousness to grow in their love for us and for other people. Father, sanctify them. Jesus is constantly praying that for you and for me. And here's the promise of John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what your heart aches for every day, a yearning to be something beyond what you found yourself yesterday. And that freedom is to walk in all that God has called you to be. So, beloved, develop this relationship with God's Word where you're not merely seeking information, but you're seeking insight. The Word of God piercing through the fog of your self-impressions, your self-protecting notions, your self-promoting notions, your self-absorbed tendencies. Let the Word of God pierce through that. Listen to Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is living and active sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's the only thing on the earth that can really dissect, exegete, do surgery on what you're really thinking in your innermost being. So you need a relationship with God's Word that is not just in the head, but in the heart. Hebrews is written to a group of people who were not growing spiritually. They're like that dogwood tree in my front yard that I've walked by for 18 years that has not grown. It blossoms, sort of token blossoms in the springtime, but it has not grown. It just looks dead and dormant. That's descriptive of the people to whom the writer of Hebrews wrote. He says in chapter 5, you know, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You ought to know the word of God so well, you're sharing with other people. He says, no, you just need milk still. Pretty strong rebuke. Now, I don't believe that about you. 
but I'm just mentioning it for the record. And in that context, the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 5.14, solid food is for the mature who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice to discern good and evil. So that's the word of God exposing your heart. This is what's good. In other words, it's really good for your soul. This is what's evil. In other words, it hurts or detracts from what promotes your flourishing. So here's how I think about it. I am privileged in this country to get up with the freedom to sit down and open the word of God and say, Father, let's go out to Treasure Island. God's word is a sanctuary. It's a treasure island. And I need to pray that God would meet me there. He would show himself to me Wherever I am reading in the Word of God, I'm usually spread out into different parts of the Word of God. I'll spare you the details on that. But I'm praying, not just show me yourself, but show me my heart. Open the eyes of my heart to show me where I'm missing the mark. Where is my sin? And so I insert myself into the text and say, could that be me? Because you meet a lot of shady characters in the Bible, and you meet a lot of good people in the Bible. And you say, that shady person, could that be me? If it isn't, it's only the grace of God. If it is, the grace of God is powerful to change me. And you meet good people in the Bible and you say, that could be me. But by the grace of God. Treasure Island. The word the Father has given to us that we might see what ways will I be tempted this day? What in this text uh, influences my impact on other people? Jesus is so passionate for the way you speak to others the rest of this day. The way you choose to serve others the rest of this day. He is so interested in his in, on your impact on them because of the sweet grace and compassion with which he relates to you. He wants that multiplied on the earth. So, you're asking what dirties my heart to keep from reflecting back to you, holy God, the glory and wonder of your righteous character, and you'll come up with what? A whole bunch of junk in your hands, a whole bunch of sin. Serious Bible reading isn't serious Bible reading till you've been convicted. Now what? What do you do with that? Don't leave. <laughs> Treasure Island is full of grace and mercy. Go to Jesus Christ with your brokenness, weakness, failures, sin, hopelessness, discouragement, anxiety. Go to Jesus and stay at the cross until you are in awe that this man has taken the judgment due you. And that melts your self-sufficiency, melts your self-righteousness, melts your judgmental critical spirit, melts your sloth, melts your complacency. Stay there until the wonder of this Jesus begins to...
with your sin, it's going to make a mess of you, which is another set of sermons. Here's the way the Apostle Peter puts it in 1 Peter, 1, 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sin in his body on the cross. The gospel. You're saved by another. You're cleansed by Jesus. You're righteous in union with Jesus Christ, not yourself. You are redeemed, forgiven, given life through Jesus. It's a gift. It's grace. Peter doesn't end there. He says, he himself bore our sins on, in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. The power of the cross is to give your heart new affections to disdain sin and love what is righteous. Now, when that happens, and the grace of the Holy Spirit gives you, gives you intensity in front of Jesus at the foot of the cross, you become an advertisement of what Jesus does with dirty people. And people can't help but rate their experience with you. And the point is, when you've been to Treasure Island, and that word is transforming, and the gospel is filling your heart with confidence and joy and love for others, people are going to rate you. They might not know it's Jesus doing that. But they're going to give you ratings. And the Lord just may draw people to ask you, now, what is it about you that I see is different? I'd like to know where your resolve, your peace, your humility, your other-centeredness comes from. And they would be drawn into a relationship with the Savior as well. Oh, may that be. Think what would happen to this room if that happened with every one of us. We left here in the next month and we said, why don't you come with me to a place filled with people who know how much they need Jesus and they delight in how much Jesus has done for them. Well, we need to build a building twice the size. Let me pray for us. Nothing, Lord Jesus, is more precious than our experience of your affection for us. You're speaking to us. You're encouraging us. You're urging us. You're convicting us. You're lavishing upon us this otherworldly love this amazing grace. Thy mercy, my God, is the theme of my song, the joy of my heart, the boast of my tongue. Thy free grace alone, from the first to the last, has bound, won my affections, and bound my heart fast. Amen.